Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. The Ravens played Ravens football that will travel on the road in December and January in these cold winter months. It will travel well. That's good because with already hanging out with five losses, you're not probably you're probably not getting a road game at all in the month of January. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. You know, I can now bite my fingernails so evenly. I don't even need to use a clipper anymore. But it's a pleasure to use clippers. Why gnaw away like a mental patient when we have this elegant device? What if you're in prison? You don't think they give you clippers? No, it's like a weapon. You know, it's really a weapon, that big toenail. You let that grow for a month, take it in the shower, it's like a ship. I love prison. It is fascinating. Yeah. Maybe someday. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey, howdy, high top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee. Justin Waller, uh, he's got some uh, family issues that he's taking care of. I, I will... Uh, uh, not divulge that. I'll leave that up to him if he wants to talk about it down the road. But uh, we wish him and his family well. And uh, he, I believe he'll be back tomorrow. Sean O'Toole is on the way. He'll be here in about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, he's got to get the kiddos off to school. And then he will be joining me as we will be talking everything in the world of sports. The NFL. I want to get into some NHL with him. Because I want to find out what in the heck is going to go on in the National Hockey League in 2020, because or 2020, 2021, because I haven't heard a whole lot. So, so we'll get the update from him, and then of course, college football playoffs they started. They start in in just over a week. The college football playoff rankings came out last night, and so. With all that being said, we've got some things that we'll debate on that. I'll go ahead and throw that out to you right now on where we are in the college football rankings. As they came out last night, nothing changed. You still have Alabama, number one, ranked number one in both polls, by the way, but they are number one in the college football rankings. They are 9-0. Notre Dame, Fighting Irish. They are 10-0, sitting at number two. The Clemson Tigers, 9-1. Their only blemish was a road loss to Notre Dame. Remember, Trevor Lawrence did not play in that game. So they have the rematch coming in just about a week and a half. And the Ohio State Buckeyes still stand firm at 5-0. That's the cutoff. So those are the four teams, if it ended today, would be in the playoffs. I'm going to debate with Sean when he gets here about whether or not you put a 5-0, 6-0 team in because the Ohio State game 
between Michigan was canceled yesterday afternoon. And so with all that in the hopper there, the Ohio State's regular season for all intents and purposes is over unless they get something through. There's been some rumors on whether they could add another team. Purdue went into the practice facility yesterday and shut down practice because they found out that there were possible contact tracing issues, and so they shut down practice yesterday. We'll await to hear what happens today with Purdue. But the Purdue-Indiana game may not be played this weekend. And if that's the case, the Big Ten has said that you could play a second game. Or, and you, let me rephrase that. The Big Ten came out last Wednesday and said that if the college football playoffs, with it being on the line, that the Big Ten team that loses its opponent can schedule another Big Ten team if they lose their opponent. And that would be the case. If you have Purdue and Indiana, you would have Indiana open and free. As far as I know, they don't have any COVID issues. You have Ohio State and Michigan. That was canceled. As far as I know, Ohio State, their COVID issues are under control, which would free up Ohio State and Indiana to play this weekend. It would be a rematch, but I'm okay with that because it was a really close game. We could once and for all put Indiana to bed if Ohio State goes out there and boat races it. Indiana beats Ohio State, then then we've got a whole another bag of bag of tricks in there, right? Who do you put into the uh, Big Ten championship? I think because they've played more games, you would have to put Indiana in. So there's that going on in the world of college football, especially in the Big Ten. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Last night's NFL game. Now we had the the Ravens versus Dallas last night. If you missed the game, you didn't miss a great game, but I think what you did see out there on the field was what Baltimore wants to do, they did. And that is Baltimore got back to running the football and running it down your throat. Lamar Jackson only threw the ball 17 times. He had 12 completions for 107 yards. You do the math. That's just under 10 yards of completion. That's about what Lamar Jackson does. Every once in a while, he'll get a long touchdown pass that evens it out, right? But all in all, that's Ravens football. You run the ball, you run the ball, you run the ball, play action. You get Lamar Jackson out on the edge doing the RPO option. Right now, you look at what they did on the ground yesterday. Now, granted, the Dallas Cowboys defense run defense is not elite. So I don't want to blow this out of proportion. Okay. I don't want to start beating the drum say Baltimore Ravens to the Super Bowl. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. Let's just calm down on that for a minute. But what I am saying is when you're looking at the way that they won the game and in the fastest, look, they had 200, 294 yards rushing. In a National Football League game, I don't care who the defense is, that's impressive. And they don't do it 
by rattling off long touchdown runs. Yeah, there was a couple of long runs. Uh, Lamar Jackson's was a 25-30 yard touchdown run comes to mind. I don't have it in front of me, but you look at Gus Edwards. He rattled off some long runs. When I say long runs, it's about 15 yarders, right? 15, 20 yarders. That's a Baltimore Raven long run because they come right at the teeth of you and they try to make they try to make the defensive backfield make business decisions when when Gus Edwards comes barreling down through there. Mark Ingram comes out on the edge. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, he had a decent run. The night ended with Edwards, seven carries, 101 yards. Lamar Jackson's 13 carries, 94 yards and a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins, 11 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. And then Mark Ingram, six carries for just 28 yards. They're still trying to get his sea legs back under him. Baltimore did Baltimore things. That recipe is going to travel well in the playoffs, which is a good thing, like I said at the top of the show. I don't see the Ravens being able to host a playoff game unless some really goofy stuff happens, upsets and whatnot in the first and second round to where they can back their way in and maybe they're playing a a bottom wild card. If you look at the NFL standings right now, you look at the wild card stands as we just completed week 13. For those of y'all that have tuned out of it or whatnot, yet last night's game was was the end of week 13. Week 14 begins tomorrow with the big game with the Rams and the Patriots. Both teams needing W's there. But you look at the you if you look at the the uh, playoff standings right now in the AFC. Obviously, Steelers and Chiefs are a cut above the rest. They're sitting at 11 and one each. The Steelers would get the nod right now as the one seed because the Steelers have their one loss was in the NFC against the Redskins, obviously on Monday night. The Kansas City loss was in the AFC against the Raiders. Remember, there's only one, as of right now, there's only one by team. One team gets a bye in the AFC, one team gets a bye in the NFC. So Pittsburgh would be that team. The only way that changes is if they have to add games because of COVID. They said they would not add a week 18. They would just add an extra playoff team and go to winning percentage. So there are teams out there that would probably like that, that are, that are fighting to the end, the ones on the tail end, like the Baltimores and New Englands. But then there are teams that don't want that, mainly Pittsburgh and Kansas City, because they are the two teams that are fighting for a a, uh, a buy. I personally don't want to see another team added. I think it's the way they've gone to it, and this is supposed to be going forward. When we get out of COVID and whatnot, we're going to have seven teams in each conference. I think it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. We are not going to have the... I always thought it was goofy that we didn't do the seven in each to begin with because you give one team a bye and that bye game, or excuse me, that bye week becomes extremely important, if, especially when you only get one. You see what I'm saying? Right now, if two teams were getting a bye, if we did, if it was the traditional six teams, the Chiefs and Steelers would be packing it in for the rest of the regular season. 
they would be both guaranteed a buy, and they wouldn't worry about getting their guys hurt and wearing them down just to decide whether or not they're a one seed or a two seed. Yes, it's nice to have the entire home field throughout the playoffs, but the most important thing is to get that buy and to be healthy. So we would get really bad games from the Steelers and the Chiefs in weeks. Hell, it might even start week 14, but definitely 15, 16, 17, because if they both go out and get wins this weekend, they would have clinched the fact that they are not going to have to play in that first round. Now the two of them are going to be fighting down the stretch, and that becomes very, very fun to watch. For one, I, I'm i going to enjoy it a lot more than I've enjoyed it in years past. When you, when you see these games, you're like, oh, God, this team's going to pack it in. No one cares. And then that affects who they're playing in and the rest of the playoff stretch. All the teams that are vying for a chance kind of throw, uh, they get affected as well. Um, and so with all that being said, sorry, I, I got sidetracked for a second. I had to read something. Uh, Sean will be here in about, uh, well, he'll be, he'll, he'll be with us on the other side of the break. We'll take a break here in just a second, but just getting back to the AFC East playoff race real quick because I have to take a break here in a minute. Um, the AFC wild, uh, wild card race is more intriguing than anything else. The, the Steelers and Chiefs are going to win their division. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. That final game against Miami is going to be key if Miami continues to win. Right now, Bills are 9-3. and three. Dolphins are 8-4. and four. Both are sitting pretty for the playoffs right now we still have four games to go the titans and the colts both are at eight and four right now tennessee wins the tiebreaker over indianapolis based on the fact that they have a better winning percentage in divisional games now all that can even out tennessee big game see this is why games like tennessee versus jacksonville are actually important and not ho-hum, who cares? Because if Tennessee doesn't get that W, then Indianapolis would take the driver's seat. So Tennessee has a big game on the road in Jacksonville this weekend, as does Indianapolis. They're traveling to the Raiders. But remember, the Colts lost beginning of the season to the Jaguars, and that's what the deciding factor is right now. Jaguars beat the Titans. Then that evens it out, and it would be kind of funny for Jacksonville as bad of a season as they had, and to only have two wins, the two wins be against divisional foes and really even it out, so to speak. So, rounding out the AFC real quick, you've got the Raiders are sitting in eighth. So right now the cutoff is eight and four is the cutoff. Four losses is the cutoff. We already talked about Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Buffalo. Now we go to the Titans and the Colts. Essentially, one's going to win the division. You would think the other one would make the wild card. The Browns are now 9-3. and three. They've pretty much solidified their wild card. I think it's a very good chance that the Miami Dolphins get their wild card. What this is really coming down to, 
is this. There's going to be a fight down the stretch between the Titans and Colts and then a sub fight between Titans, Colts, Raiders, and Ravens. You can throw New England in there, but they have no room for error. They have to win. They have to win. Have to win the rest of their games. I do not see a way that New England gets in on seven losses and gets into the AFC playoffs. And it's funny, when you know, we predicted this way back in September when it first got rolling that we thought five, most likely six, would be the most losses you would want to endure and still have a good chance to make the AFC playoffs. And that's exactly where we sit at today, which is fascinating because there are so many things that could have went awry, and yet it's playing out to that. And that's why I say I don't really want to see – the AFC would be a little different – I could stomach eight teams a little bit more in the AFC. I'm not sure if I can say that about the NFC. The NFC would be a much uh, lower on the rung. Right now, if you get the NFC playoffs, we'll get into their picture on the other side of the break. But essentially, seven or eight losses could probably get you in if eight teams were let in, right? So that's essentially saying that an NFC East team could possibly get into the playoffs on a wild card. We don't need that. I don't need to see the New Orleans Saints drum the Washington Redskins in that opening weekend. Let the Saints have the weekend off. Just like I don't need to see the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the crap out of the Raiders in the first round. Let the Raiders fight their way in. Let the Raiders find a way to be better than the Colts. They, it's on the field this week. This week, the Baltimore – I almost said Baltimore Colts, sorry. The Indianapolis Colts and Raiders, that is the game of the week. The winner of that controls their destiny for at least a wild card. By the way, those were much better games when it was the Baltimore Colts and the Oakland Raiders. Now we got Vegas versus Indy. It's kind of loses its panache. Anyways, let's go ahead and take that quick break. When we come back, Sean O'Toole should be with us. And uh, I, I believe he's about to get on on uh, in, in the Zoom room as we speak. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take that quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some NHL. We're going to talk some betting 101 and we're going to get into the nfc playoff picture and the college football rankings are out we will release those and give you our thoughts all that and more here on the armchair quarterbacks keep it locked in here to cbs sports radio your number one source for sports talk all throughout the land hey what we always call on the game playstation game what's up what we always call Hands and tails on the PlayStation oh, game. Oh. All right, then. You should have told him tails. I thought you told him. No, I told you. I thought you knew the best team always. They don't play the PlayStation like us. Don't miss a moment of heart-stopping NFL coverage on Armchair Quarterback Radio. Riggins. He's going to go all the way. Unless Blackwood can catch him and he can't. Third and three. We'll see a pickup sometime on the right side, possibly. Montana, looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. Mark Clark! Dwight Clark! 
Only 12 seconds left to play third quarter. Here's Marcus Allen. Cutting back upfield, and Marcus Allen could be gone. 74 yards for Marcus Allen. The quiet man of this football team, Scott Norwood. He can fire the shot heard round the world now. Here we go with eight seconds to play. High drama here in the Super Bowl. But in the end, it's not the distance it is. Armchair. This helpful instructional message from the National Association of People who have trouble walking and chewing gum at the same time. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. He only has three rings. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. The Armchair Quarterbacks got you covered. Don't miss a moment of Armchair Quarterbacks Masters Week. Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. He has birdied the last two holes. One of the greatest displays of courageous golf that anybody has ever seen any place. Maybe. Yes, sir! There it is! Can you believe it? Nick Maldo! There it is! A win for the ages! Is it his time? Yes! Oh, my goodness! Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Week-long coverage of the Masters here on Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio. They don't play the PlayStation like us. They don't play it like us. I thought you told them. They don't play the PlayStation like us. They don't play it like us. Shotgun here with you here and uh, on CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and uh, our Facebook page, Armchair Quarterbacks Show. So we're waiting for Sean to show up. Um, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and shoot him a, a, a you know one of those question marks inboxes to see where he's at, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get back in here to the show. Uh, he's running a little bit behind, but he, he, he might've got caught in traffic. I know he's trying to set up, probably waiting for his, I bet, I bet you nine times out of 10, he didn't open, he, he didn't start his computer up at the beginning of the show when he first woke up and his computer's doing some stupid upload. I guarantee you it's nine times out of 10. I, I get this all the time with a lot of the guys. And that's one of the reasons why when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I fire up the computers to make sure there's no stupid update that's going to creep in on you. By the way, for those of y'all that remember Warwick Dunn, 
Uh, his Homes for the Holidays program has been at 185 families and served over $915,000 in, in a down payment assistance over the years. For people who don't remember that story, Warwick Dunn was uh, a Florida State running back. Obviously, that's where most people remember him from. He went on to play for the Buccaneers for quite a while. He ended up playing for the Falcons. I believe those were his only two stops. He might have had another one. But his mother was shot and killed right before he came to Florida State. She was a security officer. I believe she was an armed security officer. I believe that's the story. And she was shot and killed during a robbery incident. And he almost didn't come to Florida State. He almost said to hell with it. I'm I because she had a lot of kids. And he he was gonna stay home and be the man of the family, so to speak. And what ended up happening was Doug Williams, for people who don't know this story, Doug Williams, the first African American quarterback to ever play in the Super Bowl, he's good friends with Bobby Bowden. Uh not hundred percent sure how that came about, but he came to Warwick Dunn's home and said, look, we'll figure out what to do, do with your, with your uh, siblings, but you've got to go and play football at Florida state, because if you do not, and you sit here, you're not going to do them any good. You're going to do them a lot more good. If you get in the NFL, make some money and, and provide for them that way. So the rest is history. Doug Williams talked him into going to Florida State. Warwick Dunn came to FSU as opposed to not going to college and, and providing for his uh, siblings after his mom's death. And, of course, he ends up making bukus of money. And when he does that, he is, he is able to provide for his siblings. We're obviously rocked by that. It's a tragic incident to, to have your mom shot and killed anytime. But she did it in the line of duty. In the line of duty, uh, so, anyways, that's the Warwick Dunn story, and uh, I'm I'm still a big fan. He's still one of my favorite athletes of all time because what an incredible leadership that took to to do what he did at that young of an age. And now what he does is he helps young mothers who don't have the means to get a down payment for their house. He doesn't hand it to them. Okay, this isn't a uh, some social socialistic. We'll just give it to you because, you know, it's he makes them prove that they have a steady job, et cetera, et cetera. And then when they get approved for the house, for the set house, they put down the down payment. The family doesn't have to put it on the down payment. That's a huge deal because now that money that you would have needed to put the down payment for. You can now do do things for your kids with that, and so he's been. I I think that charity's been going on for twenty five years plus, but he's on the NFL Network right now. He's he's about to jump off, but I I just I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, joining us is uh, Mr. Sean O'Toole. As I'm done filibustering for the morning, waiting for you to show up. <laughs> How are you, sir? Great. I remember seeing the work done story a lot. Who's the quarterback that he always gives a lot of credit to? Is it? It was somebody recent, right? It was. Yeah. Um, it, uh, they've, it was, they've uh, run it on, 
They've run it on Sunday Night Football on more than one occasion. Now I'm I'm blanking on who it was. It's somebody told, notable, like yeah, really, really I just, good. I just told the story. It's uh, it was Doug Williams that they that came in and talked him into going to college at Florida State. He had a full ride scholarship from from uh, Florida State when obviously they, this is the Bobby Bowden era, and I forget the reason why, but Doug Williams. And Bobby Bowden were friends. I it, it's probably got something to do with the FCA. I, I believe that's what it was. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that that was their tie. And Bobby Bowden's always been one of the leaders in the uh, FCA. Uh, but I Bowden reached out to him and said, "Look, man, I got this kid in Louisiana going through a rough deal. He's talking about not going to to school, and you got to get down there and talk to him." Even if he doesn't come to Florida State, he does not need to because work done was basically just going to say to hell with college and get a job, right, and, and try to provide. Right. And somehow they made it work and got him to Florida State. And basically he said, look, I'm going to talk to the rest of your family. They've got to figure out a way to provide for these kids because in three yeah. years you're going to walk out the door and you're going to start – become a millionaire and then then you don't have to worry about it ever again and so uh I, he, he is just it's one of the more inspiring stories in the history of sport and he could have ended it there but then he continued with his flamp was with his philanthropy and then also uh creating his own I, I forget the name of the actual uh of the actual charity that he started but the charity yeah. that he started, uh, they they make down payments for single parent homes. I think it's typically mothers because it's near and dear to his heart. Because his mom, that's what she was doing, right? When when he was a kid, his uh, dad wasn't around. So yeah, it's a it's a really cool story. Um, the 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 story I was thinking of was I knew that there was a, a modern day quarterback that was touched by that and I couldn't remember who it was because it had been mentioned and it's Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay, I thought mother was was given a home through that through that habitat through that charity and Deshaun Watson. He repaid us by going them. to Clemson. Bum. <laughs> just like you to bring. You're it supposed back. to go to Florida State then if they give you a house. That's what they did at Southern right. Cal, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They gave, yeah, they gave Reggie. Reggie Bush a house and he, came, he went to Southern Cal. I and mean, come on. Technically, technically, they gave his parents a million-dollar house. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's the same thing, you know? It is the same thing. It's absolutely the same thing. One was done through a charity. The other one was down was down was done on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> right. The other one was done through what are called back channels. Yeah. <laughs> one was a successful venture. The other one, not so much because not so much when you all. do something on the down low, we're not supposed to find out about it. See, that's, that's the definition of, of your down low. Um, <laughs> before we get into, into football talk, I wanted to hit you up on the NHL. Oh, is there let's. is there any news on when in the hell they're going to start their season? I I've only so, heard rumors that some of the teams are talking about doing maybe a January first type of outdoor game, and that some of the some of the teams are thinking about playing outdoor hockey so that they can put 
fans in the stands to start the season. But is there right. any kind of a plan, or is it, or is it just all speculation at this point? It's very much all speculation, but the NHL and the NHLPA um, has has put out hasn't directly put out some information. But Greg Wyshynski, who covers uh, hockey for ESPN and covered hockey for Yahoo for years before that, put out a thing yesterday from a team executive that they're being told by the NHL the target date is January the thirteenth. Um, that as of now, non-playoff teams, meaning teams who were not in the bubble um, in Canada last year are due to report December 28th. Everybody else will report January 1st. Some of the other information is contradictory to that because there's teams, especially the ones in Canada, that are kind of talking out of school Um, because we know whatever kind of season the NHL gets off the ground is going to be truncated. It's probably going to be 56 games maximum, and they're going to have to realign the divisions for at least a single season um, because Canada's not going to allow any immigration in or out of the country for sports or anything else. So you're going to have seven teams that play in Canada and try and do their season while the other, you know, 24 teams try and do everything inside, inside the United States. So the, as of now, January 13th is the target is the target date. I think they're going to try and release the first half of the schedule, similar to what the NBA has done. The NBA said, we're going to do 72 games, but they didn't even release the whole 72 games. They only released the first 35 because I'm sure they they want to have they want to have flexibility. They want to have contingency plans for what might happen after the All Star break. How quickly the vaccine will spread and create some herd immunity. How quickly people can get it. Yada yada yada. They don't want to put all their eggs in one basket. So as of now, January 13th is the last date I've been told. Okay. Or have heard. They should at least play an exhibition on the first. They should. I would. You know. I, January first is the Winter Classic. Is one right. of my favorite sporting events Do every year. Do it all year. throughout it's the land. It's a great. Do it all throughout. It's the a land. great showcase. You could pick a, maybe not in Canada, but I feel like you still could do one in Canada if it's outside and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I yep. know. I know those socialist bastards will probably have you, <laughs> have you at gunpoint, you know. But they still might let you watch the game. Um, but if you could pick. And I'm trying to think of, oh, do, do I have it in front of me? What day of the week is the first this year? So it's say, a Friday. Uh, Friday. It's a Friday. Yeah, Christmas is a Friday as well. And I believe, unless I'm misremembering this, that will be the first night of college of the college football playoffs, right? Mm, interesting. So what I would think about doing seriously if I were them and I believe the third is the last day of the NFL season. Okay. So, so get where I'm going with this. What if you did a couple winter classics during the daytime, maybe early evening mm-hmm. on new, on new, on, excuse me, blech, new year's Eve. Okay. You do maybe one on new year's day. Because I wouldn't try to compete with the college football playoffs, but you could. But they're not starting the college football playoffs at noon, which is when you traditionally get a, a, a winter classic. I don't know, hell, they might. You know, if you get the freaking, if you get the wrong AD involved, you're like, you're gonna be great. Nine a.m. Well, we won't really get it going. <laughs> oh, so Coastal Carolina versus Texas A&M, nine a.m. Eastern. Let's go. <laughs> in fact, in fact, we're gonna play out in Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> but and then and then that Saturday's essentially wide open. They'll have a couple of NFL games on, 
right? Because right. they always do that. But I bet you they don't have an early game. I bet you it's like 4 Eastern, right? So I'm thinking you could make it a weekend of it. New Year's Eve have a couple of them. New Year's Day have one. And then new and then the, the day after New Year's Day, that Saturday, which would be ideal, you put a couple throughout the land all starting at the same time. But noon Eastern, right? Noon, 1 o'clock Eastern, it's over with by the time the, that the NFL, playoff, uh, NFL games get going for Week 17. Yep. Hell, take a look at the NFL schedule. They might be duds. You you never know. You know, it might be like, maybe Jacksonville versus Houston. They thought it was going to be a divisional showdown. So uh, that's that's the route I would go if I were there. And just exhibitions. I'm not talking about doing anything. Just exhibitions. Let fans possibly go out and watch a game for the first time in damn near a year. Right. <laughs> And why would that be nice? And even if you can't get out there or you don't feel safe being out there or you're like, what am I nuts? It's two degrees outside. Uh, <laughs> you could watch it in, 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 at your house and you, you can celebrate that way. Okay. Well, we, we can move on to football. I just wanted to get that out there because we, we, we don't talk hockey uh, nearly enough. A lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't have a season going on right now. And hockey, right. along with the NBA, is not interesting during the off season. <laughs> they, they, they don't have the same kind of moving parts that we have in football and baseball that keeps the off season going. All right, what's going on now? It's more like oh. it's really an interesting this year because nobody's spending money. There's still good free agents out there that are just just walking the street. I mean, Mike Hoffman. Can yeah, Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman of the Florida Panthers, who had over 45 points last year, which is, you know, over 45 points is like nothing to sneeze at in the NHL. It's not it's not like you're a yeoman. Um, you're at least a, a middle-of-the-pack free agent, and he's just walking the street. I mean, I, I kind of hope the Red Wings get him for like a year and $7 million whenever, whenever they get a season back off. There were a couple of others I wanted to take a look at, um, but I didn't see I didn't see if any of them had signed lately. Um, to any recent deals. Kyle Crisculo, um was one that Detroit did sign. Um, I think Michael Del Zotto is still out there. So if there's any Rangers fans listening, I don't know if Angelo is a Rangers fan. I feel like he would probably be maybe a Rangers fan living up in that part of the country. I but, believe, I believe um, that's his team. I know he's he's not an Islanders fan, so I'm pretty sure he's a Rangers fan. I don't believe he lives in Connecticut. I don't believe he's like a Bruins fan. I, I don't think he pulls for anything Boston. Yeah, so there, there's still some guys out there. I mean, there's nobody that's a household name like a Tory Krug or, or a Patrick Kane or anything like that that's walking the street because that would be nuts. But there's some there's some 30 to 50 point guys out there that are just like, I think everybody's just hanging around waiting to see if a season actually gets off before. And who knows? You know, in the NBA, these guys did sign Boomer with teams Esiason's, and it's actually been. Did Boomer Esiason's son-in-law ever sign anywhere? I haven't heard him talk about it in a while. Do you have any idea? What's his son-in-law's name? I, I don't listen I, to Boomer. I forget because uh, I don't listen to hockey much. Uh, but they always <laughs> they always reference him on on his morning show. Um, he played for the Islanders last year. Okay, and he's a free agent. And there was rumors of him going to. Of course, Boomer wants him to go to the Rangers. Boomer, for whatever reason, is a huge Rangers fan. Uh, but there's also there. They were constantly giving him a hard time about could he possibly be going to the to the uh, <laughs> the, 
this is some funny stuff. They were giving him a hard time about could he be going to Philadelphia? And he said that he would disown him if he became a Philadelphia Flyer. <laughs> because of the rivalry between the Rangers and the and the Flyers. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is your son-in-law providing for your daughter and your and your newly born grandson. You're saying you would disown him if he if it was gonna be a substantial amount of money that he was gonna make more playing in Philly as opposed to playing for the Rangers or anywhere else. He said, That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> That was one of the first comments I heard over the pandemic that hurt me. I thought to myself, I think I'm a big Boomer Esiason fan now, man. I was like, that kind of love-hate, that you know, you know, that bloodthirst, that's the kind of fan I like, right? I don't like the wishy-washy one who goes, yeah, it'd be fine. I'll, I'll, go, I'll come in here with an eye, I mean, with the uh, uh, Philadelphia Flyers hat on one day pulling for him. No, no, no. He said, hell no. That's my team. Because evidently, evidently, Boomer is a huge, huge hockey fan. It's probably his favorite sport. So I found the whole list. There's some guys. That, there's actually more guys than I remembered. I mentioned Mike Hoffman, um, who is ninth on NHL.com's list of top 100 free agents, and he still it still doesn't have a contract, which is insane. Wow. Now, Florida, that you would be better equipped maybe to talk about this than I would living, being a Florida resident, but like the Florida Panthers are, are like the Tampa Bay Rays of the national hockey league. Like I have never heard anybody have a competent conversation about why that franchise is still in Miami. Every time I've ever tuned into a Panthers game, there's like, why, there's like 7,000 the people there. Yeah. Why, that I, entire it's just city. Not a, look, I've said this for years. Yeah, the only two teams that are ever going to make it in that city the Dolphins will always have a following, okay? And, and they, the Heat have won championships. And they get decent crowds. They're not, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've picked on them in the past. They're not as bad as, as I've made it out to be. For a South Florida football crowd, it's decent, okay? Even in the years when they're not good. I, I would assume this year, had, had the pandemic not been kicking, that place would be rocking right now, right? Right. It was yeah. much better when it was in the Orange Bowl, don't get me wrong, because you were in the heart of Miami and, and there was some nostalgia to it. Now it's it's north of Miami, and so the fans that they've built there over the years are realistically fans that aren't even from Miami, which is probably a good thing because there's more money outside of Miami than there is in Miami. And then the only other team that's ever going to make it in there is the Heat because you don't need to sell as many seats. Right. And basketball there is a big sport. Hockey's not for obvious reasons. It's South Florida. Where the hell you ever seen right. ice pop up around South Florida, right? You know, you're, you're usually fighting off mosquitoes in December down there. So <laughs> they need to pack up the Panthers and they need to pack up the Marlins. The Marlins, I've said this for years. Well, I want to see the day where I see the Montreal Marlins, okay? Obviously, we'll name them something else, probably go back to the Expos or something. But give me the Montreal Marlins and give me the Orlando Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays are never going to work where, where they where they sit. Even that new stadium they're thinking about building that they can't get approved 100%, that's not going to help. It's all BS, and that is the closest I ever came to, to cussing on this air. Uh, it's, it's, it's horse crap that they're trying to sell people that, Oh, well, if we can move right across the river, then we're going to sell out a lot of places because people just don't want to drive across the bridge. Now they don't want to drive across the street to watch the Rays. It's just, it's not a baseball town. It's a football town. 
Take the Rays, put them in Orlando. That way you sell everything that's in Orlando, and you can go down there and catch a game. And it would be perfect. And for years, Orlando has always had traditionally spring training facilities there. Now they've a lot of them have moved right. out. But the point is there's a base of baseball fans. And the, for, for people who live in the Tampa Bay area, it's less than a two-hour drive. So there you go. For people that live in the Miami area, it's less than a two-hour drive. So the Miami fans and the Tampa Bay fans are actually diehard baseball fans. You meet in the middle in Orlando. My cousin who lives in Lutz, which is like 35 minutes from Tampa, says she goes to one Rays game a year because a it's a nightmare. To, it's a nightmare to get to the stadium. It's a pain to her. She's like, it, it, she's like, it's half your day. She's like, it's not, it's not convenient at all. She goes, and also she goes that that stadium sucks. She it goes, does. it's kind of, it's it nice does, to look at. It's nice to look at if you've never been there. She goes, but it sucks. I have a question. But those you comments think are the typical Tampa Bay Ray fans that you hear. And they right. say, well, if we just build it in a nicer place, an easier place to get to, they'll come. No, they won't. There's, she'll go from no, one won't. game a year Never to two. Works. She'll go to two games a year. So what the hell's the point? Put it in Orlando. What, what were we going to ask? Sorry. I was going to say, do you think there's any chance uh, one of those teams ends up in either Nashville or Charlotte? Those those cities always get that mentioned be when another, we talk about. That could be another option. Uh, I'm a proponent of giving Montreal another chance. I think it yep. would be ideal, especially because it works. And I wouldn't be against seeing uh, – I still think Orlando could make it work, but look, if they can't get it together, then move the Rays. If, if you're going to get a team, you want the Rays organization moving to Nashville, not the Miami Morgan organization. <laughs> let, that yeah. thing, let that thing go to, to Montreal. Let them figure it out because everyone wants to pat Jeter on the back. He really has done nothing so far. And the, the lady that he just hired, I hope she does well, but I'm highly skeptical because they always seem to put these uh, PR hires out there that seem like a good idea at the time. And then something always happens that's unforeseen that it just doesn't work out. And the number one thing is there, you're never going to get a fan base there. So there's never really going to be money generated so then you're relying on television money, and their television contract is crap as well. Uh, let's go ahead and slide over into uh, the college football playoff rankings are out, and I've got them pulled up. Nothing has changed. You got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State is the top four. Then A&M and Florida, that hasn't changed. They sit at five and six. And then I start getting pissed off. <laughs> I hope <laughs> if you weren't already sitting down, I'd say sit down. Why the hell is a two loss Iowa State team in front of Cincinnati? Cincinnati has played an okay schedule. Not it's it's not world beaters. Nope. Why in the world is Georgia in the top ten? They've had two games against two realistic contending foes. And, and they've gotten dusted. They dusted. Have, yes. They've gotten beat like they owe them money. <laughs> Miami in the top 10, I can concede it to a degree, though they're one chance at a real win. 
went yeah, down March. the tubes. <laughs> I mean, they I mean, they didn't belong in the same field. But top 10 doesn't bother me. I would never put them anywhere close to the top four because I don't want to see a replay of Clemson versus Miami you know, <laughs> or, or any version of that. Alabama versus my I'm sure there's not some Alabama fans that would like to play Miami again. We're gonna we're gonna straighten out that ninety two problem. <laughs> Remember ninety two and y'all was running your mouth and we drug you and we drug you all over the Superdome? We're gonna see some more of that. Um still one of the biggest I, shocking upsets in my lifetime in sports was when the Hurricanes lost to the Alabama Crimson Tide in ninety two. Mm -hmm. I was, it was one of those eye test things. You thought Miami was much more talented and much, right. and just better across the board. What you found out was my, my, everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth. And that's what happened. George <laughs> Teague punched him in the mouth and the rest was history. Um, and then after that, what is Oklahoma doing over Indiana? Why is Coastal Carolina behind any of the teams I just named? They just beat a good, good, good BYU team. Granted, there were some circumstances that maybe BYU doesn't lose that game. If they have a full week to prepare, blah, 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 blah. But you can't take away what Coastal Carolina did on the field. Nope. Southern Cal sitting at 15 now at 4-0. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to go up the ladder if they continue to win. do they? Are, are they just really wanting Los Angeles involved in it somehow? I still could tell right. this is the perfect year to have expanded the playoffs. Just do it one time. Just, yep. And if it sucked, then you're going to, let's not do that again. This would have been a perfect year. Yeah, it would have been a perfect year to, to heck, triple it. Make give, it 12. Who cares? Give what? me give me the ratings on a first-round matchup. I mean, the game may not be any good, but give me the ratings on the first-round matchup of Alabama versus Southern Cal on that opening weekend. Woo. Be hot. Be hopping. Yes. Los Angeles. Be, a, be the best ratings ESPN's had for anything in 10 years. Los Angeles has basically turned into little Berlin, so no one can leave their house. <laughs> the ratings will be the, through the roof, and then we know. We know. We know you're going to get ratings in the state of Alabama, baby. If there's 4 million people that live in Alabama, 5 million in that state are watching that game. I'm just telling you. It, There'll be some weird math here, like, who in the hell's doing the Nielsen ratings in Alabama? Did you win the <laughs> Georgia election or something? What's going on over here? But Alabama would be locked in, obviously. And Southern Cal, I know Pac-12 football is not that big, but Southern Cal in the playoffs would be huge. Yeah, huge. it's still they, – they have a national presence. You see, there's Southern Cal fans all across the country. I would just, after this weekend and seeing um, how we got a, 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 new, a new generation – getting into the interest of bootleg t-shirts, which is something that you and I certainly grew up with when we saw the Mormons versus mullets. Yeah. Give me Notre Dame versus Miami and break out our Christians versus convicts t-shirts again. Come on, let me see that. Catholics. That'd be fun. It was, it was oh, was Catholics. it Catholics? Catholics, Catholics versus convicts. Um, you could probably do a... Uh... You could probably do a couple of them out there, right? <laughs> if if you, you really could get Clemson to play Florida... That would be the uh, you could make you could make the the uh, t-shirts the Wuhan Bowl because <laughs> between Dad Dan Mullen and Dabo Sweeney they stepped in their mess kit when it came to the COVID nineteen <laughs> so yeah there's there, there's a lot of t-shirts that could be made out there 
this would be a good year to do one through eight. Um, now, again, if you do one through eight with the way they've got it right now, we've got a two loss Iowa State team that that may have, you know, a, a guy who I don't know that he's going to be there next year. Maybe he wants to stay, you know, in Iowa City. I, I don't really know. But it seems like there's going to be a lot of people knocking on his door this offseason, Matt Campbell. Yeah, well, that's uh, what I, they I said last year, and, and, he, and he stayed. So I don't, I don't know. He stayed, he, yeah. It I, makes me wonder, is he there for the long haul, or is there just a specific job that we're not in the in the loop for that he wants? Uh, it's either it's either that he's got a job he wants that hasn't asked him yet, right. or that's what I he mean. knows that – he knows that in that conference, he's fighting against, I mean, who's he fighting against? Dan Mullen, who's about to be gone. Lincoln Riley, who could always leave for the NFL like tomorrow at any point in time. He could own the Big Dan 12. Mullen. In, or not Dan Mullen, Tom Herman, sorry. Oh. Tom Herman, Texas. Um, Herman probably going to be gone this offseason if Urban decides to come out of the booth well, again. I mean, if, if I find out Urban Myers coming to my conference, I'll be like, check, please. I'm getting the hell out of <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly I, no no longer are people calling me i'm calling them <laughs> <laughs> right exactly i'm calling south carolina is it too, is it too late to take the uh, coordinator position in there like <laughs> right can i can, i'm calling virginia i'm calling I'm coastal calling carolina <laughs> i'm coastal, calling coastal carolina say look if you lose your coach i'm stepping right in baby don't you even interview anybody right. i'm getting the hell away from urban meyer because for three years he's going to be hell on wheels and then he'll fake a stroke or something um yep yeah, I, it it would what make a stroke. What uh, he did it twice. Uh, well, three times technically, but the first one didn't take. Um, ah. <laughs> the, the, the first time, the first time the UFAD said, "Yeah, that's a good one," and then the, and then the next year he said, oh, "Okay, I guess I really have to listen to you this time." Um, I don't I don't know if you remember that or not. Before before he faked his heart attack junk in the first when when he left Florida. The, the year before that, he, he he was faking it then. The underlying thing that, that a lot of people didn't know at the time that came out later was that he was a sex scandal down there. He was he uh -huh. he, he he was bebopping in 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 and out with a, a girl that that played on his daughter's on his daughter's uh uh softball I'm sorry, not softball uh volleyball team at Florida. So that was the first reason, and then the second reason we know why he left Ohio State. Cause he, cause he was burying bones everywhere, and they said, "They said you got to go, you got to go." I still say I have no, I have no love for Urban Meyer, given that I'm a University of Michigan fan, and he has tortured my university for the last, you know, decade basically. Um, but I swear, I swear, he dropped dead on the air. You would text me and go. Somebody check and see if he signed a contract. There's a contract under the table. Exactly. He's not dead. They're sneaking him out the back door. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He he is he he is a snake oil salesman. If I remember, he's very good at his job. He's a very good college football coach. If he could coach the NFL, he he would be in he'd be in bliss, right? He, he would just go yeah. do that. But he, Jerry Jerry would have already hired him if he could. Yeah, he's just not an NFL coach. His no, nah, I don't think he is. His he teaches that RPO better than anybody. That's not going to work in the NFL, not to the degree that it does in college. Not to the degree that he runs it, yeah. Right. And plus, he likes to get where he can be, where he's got the best talent. Mm -hmm. Urban Myers never woke up a day in his life and said, after being out of school for a few years, saying, man, I just wish I had a couple of good players out there. No, <laughs> right. You see him take over the jets and it's going to be worse than when you saw uh what what's his ass uh 
Gase. Uh, no, uh, Phil Jackson going to the Knicks. You find out what oh, he's yeah. really made of because you're like, okay. So you don't have Kobe. You don't have Jordan. You don't have Shaq. Maybe you're not as dominant as coach as we thought you were. Right. Yeah, let, let Sean Khan give him, you know, $50 million to run the Jags. And the first time he has a salary cap meeting, he's going to be like, wait, we have what? <laughs> we have no we have no players. I have no Just money. get the boosters <laughs> to bring him over. Right, exactly. There's no bo- Just what, find me some extra. Boosters. Find me some extra money. This works everywhere else I go. What yeah, are you talking about work. boosters? Look, look, I've, I've, I've been on the Big Ten show with Reggie Bush for a few years. Let me find out who his guy is that got him the house. I'll, <laughs> right. That's not how this works, man. <laughs> that's not how this works in the NFL. I'm out. I'm heading back. I, I still expected him to go to Southern Cal because I think that's where he really wanted to go. But the yeah. handwriting's on the wall. Southern Cal's going to win just enough games to where they're going to have to keep freaking Bobo the Clown out there, which is going to make the <laughs> Southern Cal uh, fan base so mad. They want to get rid of him they so They hate mad. his guts. Yeah, but he's They hate him so much. How do you fire when he's 4-0? So it's just – it's it, Southern Cal's going to be mediocre as mediocre could be. I think it would be good for college football and fun for college football for Meyer to go to Texas because Texas Oklahoma rivalry could really get heated and that would be a lot of yeah. fun. Uh Lincoln Riley better step up his game though because Urban Meyer is going to bring d- defense over there to to Texas. As far as I can see they don't have they don't allow that in the state of Oklahoma right now so um, well, and yeah, aside from Baker Mayfield, Lincoln Riley keeps uh, recruiting like five, seven hundred and eighty pound quarterbacks like Spencer Rattler ain't much bigger than Kyler Murray. Um, so unless Baker Mayfield falls into his lap again, uh, he's going to he's going to. Yeah. If anybody recruits a defense at Texas or heck, if Matt Campbell's doing a great job at Iowa State, their defense has actually been quite competent um, in most of their games. So. You know, he better, he better start finding some bigger quarterbacks because you go from Jalen Hurts yeah, to Kyler, Kyler Murray to Jalen Hurts to Spencer Radler. Ain't none of those dudes real big. Yeah, but <laughs> the, hand, the handwriting on the wall is Urban Meyer takes over Texas. No matter who his coordinator is at Iowa State, he's not going to have the athletes to slow down Texas. No, he's not. Nor, nor will he try because he's going to be at Coastal Carolina. Uh, <laughs> be the first time ever you see someone leave a Power Five school to go to to go to the Sun Belt. He goes, Nah, man, I'm making. I'm good. I'm making what they call business decisions around here. I'm gonna sign me a contract. I'm gonna play golf on the beach here down in Myrtle Beach. We're gonna be cool. We ain't gonna be hanging out there in Iowa, getting our brains beat in by Urban Meyer and Leak and Riley every single week. You know, praying, praying that you know. Hope, hopefully, we, we can win this game against Kansas this week, so we can bowl eligible. Um, <laughs> real quick, because we got to run to break, so I don't really have time to get into our reasons why. But what would your top five be this week? Yeah, my top five wouldn't be changed at all from last week. It's Bama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, Ohio State four. And then um, I had Cincinnati at five last week, and I'm still keeping Cincinnati there because they're undefeated. I, I don't think we're going to get Cincinnati in in the actual playoff in real life, but you know, nonetheless, that would be mine. Uh, mine mine would obviously change because with BYU losing, even though the circumstances were bunk, um, you still got to drop them because they lost the game. I still would love to see if Ohio State can't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana in a rematch because Purdue's having issues as well. I would love right. to see either Ohio State A and M because A and M uh, is not playing anyone this week, 
or right. if you could get Ohio State to play someone of the ilk, and I and I don't know how everyone's schedule is is laid out, but I would like to see Ohio State eliminate one of those teams that are in the top ten. Coastal Carolina is probably not realistic. Um, so I, would I haven't be- heard anyone. I haven't heard anyone mention it yet, but I'm I'm sure someone has. Why couldn't? Cincinnati's game against Tulsa was canceled. Why can't Ohio State and Cincinnati play this week? There's no travel for that. Well, that's a good question. So that would be perfect. Now, I, now my top. Four, I mean, they could play it in the shoe. Like, I mean, Luke right. Fickle would be happy to play it in the shoe. My, it's my top it's a forty-five right minute now, drive. My top five right now would be uh, Notre Dame one, Alabama two, Clemson three. My fourth team, I can't put a 5-0 and team in there when the rest of them have played twice as many games. I just can't do it right now. Ohio State's got to yeah. play one more game and the and the conference championship game, and then maybe we'll talk about it. But 5-0 and to me is like middle of October. It's not freaking, hey, let's put them in the playoffs. So right. a, a, a part of making the playoffs every year is enduring a long schedule. Taking a week's short schedule to me is just chicken bleep. Uh, so my number four team right now, I think I've got to put Cincinnati there. They they've I, you know, I haven't been the biggest fan of theirs this year, but look, they they prove it on the field. So give me Cincinnati, and then number five, put Texas A and M there. After that, I go Ohio State, and then I go Florida, just because Florida has lost to Texas A and M. Now Florida beats Alabama; they're obviously going to jump into the top four. But as of right yep. now, today, that's how I got it, and I would have Indiana. All above all those teams we just mentioned, I, I would have Indiana jumping just below Ohio State. Mm. So I, I'd like to see Ohio State play A and M, Cincinnati, or Indiana. I think the reason why they can't play Cincinnati though, and A and M, is because this Big Ten is, has has uh, held strong about you got to be in the same conference, mm. which sucks. How big would that right. be? How big would that be for the state of uh, of, of Ohio, though? Cincinnati versus Ohio State be huge. huge. I mean, they they gobble this whole weekend. Agreed. Let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the NFL. Uh, we're going to get to betting. Got some questions going on in the betting one hundred and one that we're leading off with. Don't let me not lead off with it, Sean. I keep saying that, and then I forget <laughs> about the damn thing. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Hope everyone enjoyed the action last night. There were a lot of big games, and it continues in men's college basketball here today. 4.30 Eastern, the Big Ten Network has Rhode Island at number 13, Wisconsin. While 5 o'clock on ESPN2, it's Maryland versus Clemson, while the U has Providence versus TCU. The JU Dolphins take on Florida National on ESPN Plus at 7 o'clock Eastern. And at 7.15 Eastern on ESPN, the Florida State Seminoles, ranked number 20 in the country, play their second game of the season as they try to avenge one of their few losses last year at home in the Leon County Civic Center against the Indiana Hoosiers. Over on ESPN2 at the same time, Georgia Tech tips off against Nebraska. FS1 has Oklahoma versus Xavier. 
at 8 o'clock. And Liberty takes on Missouri 815 on the SEC Network. Wrapping up the evening, man, I wish this was a football game. Boise State is at BYU at 9 o'clock Eastern, while Michigan State, number four in the country, is at number 18, Virginia. That game will be on ESPN following the Hoosiers and Seminoles. At 9.15 on ESPN2, Pittsburgh is at Northwestern. Games of note that were canceled because of the coronavirus, Tennessee Martin versus Tennessee, and the NC State Wolfpack versus Michigan. Those two teams are a combined 7-0 right now. In Major League Baseball, Adam Eaton signed a one-year deal for $7 million to head back to the Chicago White Sox, where he first began his career. And the San Francisco Giants signed right-handed pitcher Matt Whistler to a one-year deal worth $1.5 million. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. Tap that app today. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. This is starting to think. First quarter at the Giga Bowl in Jacksonville. And Walker digs to the right. Gets outside. The 35. Look out. He's past midfield and he's got a blocker. Cuts to the inside. Herschel Walker. There he goes again. Straight up the middle. Touchdown. Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh. That looks like 1955. Holy cow. Are you kidding me? Armchair. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, so stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply is open 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. Well, it's all right. Don't go away, monkey junkies. messages will be right Armchair. Hey sports fans, football season is here and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can bet I'm going to get if you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use. 
and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can I'm going to get you. You're not sick tonight, are you? Good. Your tongue's going to be hanging out. Tell him to throw up on his own time. My town's smaller than your town. I got a bigger bug and bass on my wall. And I ain't trying to talk no smack. It's just a facts, y'all. Cause my truck's louder than your truck. And my red white's a little Welcome back here to the Orchard Quarterback. You might think that you're on all these affiliates throughout the land, wherever you're hearing us at. If you want to hear us every day, make sure to tap the Armchair Quarterbacks app. It's free to download. We're uh, here Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then we also do shows on the weekend, 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. Uh, me and the guys get together for Dixie Football Nation for one hour. It leads you into uh, game day, ESPN's game day. We don't try to compete with that nonsense. And uh, the uh, and then on Sunday, same thing. We go in at 11 a.m. to 12, so we're not trying to compete up against uh, you know the final hour. Everyone getting ready and watching you know the CBS or Fox kickoff show. I don't think people watch the ESPN kickoff show. Like they did back in the day when Boone. It's like seven hours. It starts at 4 a.m. Right. I don't watch. <laughs> I watch fantasy football now. I'm yeah. like, I, I know she's married to an NFL quarterback and has a few kids, but Sam Ponder must get up at like 1 a.m. in the morning. She's doing everything for that. She's doing everything for that network. A, she's on like. Is he still an NFL quarterback? No, no. He's been out of the league for a few years. Okay, that's what I figured. I mean, it's been a while since Christian Ponder was roaming the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. So, um, you mentioned something before the break, or you were reading the scores. Um, I just wanted to mention something really quick because we don't talk college basketball a lot. You mentioned uh, Florida State avenging their loss to Indiana last year. I've been watching a lot of Big Ten basketball. Big Ten basketball is fascinating if, if we can actually get all the games off. Um, cause I, I'm really excited by Michigan and what Juwan Howard's doing, but they're like, they're like fighting for the seventh best team in the big 10. Cause Iowa, Michigan state, Illinois, Wisconsin, Maryland are all really, really good at Ohio state. Really, really right. good. Who had a game with Notre Dame last night. I just wanted to mention that really quick. Cause it, it has for anybody who hasn't been watching the college basketball has been really good. Like Notre Dame, Ohio state had a really good game last night. It's weird still to watch it without fans, I but I mean, they're doing the best they can. We were talking about this the other day. I don't remember if it was one of the shows you were on or not, but they're going to have to do something from the aesthetics of it because mm -hmm. basketball is you're constantly reminded nobody's there yeah. because, because the way they've traditionally set the cameras up, they need to pan yep. in just a little more. Maybe, yep. maybe put the angle of the camera up a little higher and focus on what's going on in the court. You can maybe see the coaches, but you don't want to see all those empty seats behind there or whatever goofy thing they decide to do with it. It was different with baseball. You didn't mind seeing the fake fans back there because most of the camera action was in baseball. You're focused on home plate during pitcher home plate. Yeah. And then when the ball is hit, you're focused on what's going on in the field. You don't see the, the crowd. Same thing in the national football league and college football, unless you've got some goofy cameras angle on an ESPN plus game in the freaking, you know, mountain West or whatever. Cause they, you know, you know, 
accidentally dropped their their the uh, the the iPhone holder, you know, banged banged <laughs> the wrong way. You normally you're focused on the field, and that's what they've got to fix. Uh, I don't think you can fix it in hockey because it's just the, because no, nah, it's the Im- it's impossible in right. hockey. In on the Big Ten Network, which is where all Michigan games have been so far, they've seemed to have done a pretty good job. I haven't noticed a lot of the stands or the stands being empty. But, on yeah, on some of the ESPN broadcasts and some of the other broadcasts, it, it's too far out. It's, like, it's too far out. Duke, you can see the whole thing. Duke's been on TV once or twice. It's eerie. I don't I don't watch it. Yeah, it's weird. And I've always, weird and I've always sure. pulled for Coach K. I won't watch it. I, I'm, I am excited about tonight's game. Florida State's playing Indiana. We got the Big Ten ACC Challenge going on. Uh, I don't know what, what the tally is. I'm normally into it, but I can't get into it this year. Because now I will say this: whoever broadcasted this game did a good job with Iowa, North Carolina. They set the players socially distant, so to speak, where they're leveled out, right? Mm-hmm. So the camera ends where the players are seating. I'd say the players were up about four rows total, and so you see them jumping around in the background on each shot on Iowa's end and on North Carolina's end. That's a smart way to do it, right? Put some players back there. Let let them get into it, and you, you it feels like a crowd is jumping up and down, right? Um, I don't know what is going on in most states because uh, I haven't really gotten into it. But the on who is having fans, who isn't having fans. I guess I'll get more into it as the season goes on. I really don't get dialed into college basketball to be honest with you until January when conference games begin. But the big Ten, the Big Ten ACC challenge always gets on my radar, and so I'll, I'll be watching Florida State Indiana tonight. Seven fifty. It's always a good thing to watch. They beat us last year. That was one of the few losses we had. It was in Bloomington. This one's in in the Leon County Civic Center. And Indiana, Indiana, rocking and rolling in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> Indiana's pretty depressed this year too. They they lost um, some recruits um, and had some guys opt out, so they're they're. Their year's kind of, you know, a loss. So it should be a should be a difficult win for Leonard Hamilton. Let's get to the gambling really quick because I don't want to let you forget about Florida it. Florida State's so, good. Florida State's really yeah, Florida good. State's really good this year. Leonard Hamilton's really building the program down there. That's yeah. Last. So betting one hundred and one. Let's stop what we're doing and just talk about that because we're going to forget again. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do. So a pop, this... I don't want to do a pop up show at one p.m. Go hey, remember we said we're going to do <laughs> betting. Well, <laughs> here we are during lunches. We're eating so, burgers. Here's here's how this came about. I'll give a little backstory for the listeners. On Sunday, I took um, as my as my pick, right, as my gambling pick against the spread or over under. I took the Patriots uh, Chargers game, which the over under was forty seven and a half. And boy, did I sweat that out because they, they were up forty five nothing. And I thought for sure Anthony Lynn would uh, would try and salvage his pride by kicking a field goal to avoid getting shut out. And thankfully, he proved again why he should be an NFL head coach because he did not do that. <laughs> so that actually hit. So I had had a uh, I had had a three team parlay, um, and I had I had mentioned to you that we wanted to bring this up on the show because you asked me some questions that I didn't even know what the questions meant since I'm a novice gambler. So the three team parlay was not that complicated. It was the Patriots money line, Denver plus fourteen, and the Washington football team plus seven. And the Patriots were like a one or two point favorite or underdog, right? Right, and I just took them to win. Right? right, I just took them on the money line to win, which right. they, which was sewed up at halftime. So uh, that so part essentially, hit first. all three bets were somewhere around the minus one ten mark. Pro- the 
the money line you probably got more. I, my guess is minus one forty ish would be my guess. I believe minus one ten, minus one forty, and minus one fifteen were the totals, and I don't remember which one was which. I think Denver was the most of the three because they were say money a fourteen line, point dog. I would say money line unless you bought points. I'd say money line was the was the most. Okay, was the minus one forty. So, so the three of those, I'm not a serious gambler. I'm I'm just getting used to it. So it's like sure. it's a couple bucks. I never spend more than three to five dollars. No, go so all in. I spe- yeah, no, no. The wife it's the would excitement not that. that makes it great. So that Mortgages bet slip was on the line. <laughs> so that bet slip was five dollars, and it was plus five sixty-seven or six sixty-seven. So it's like I won thirty-two bucks by betting five, something along those lines. And when I sent it to you, I was like, hey. Because the the Washington team was coming back, I thought it was dead when they were down ten nothing. Because I'm like, I've seen Alex Smith; they're not coming back from ten nothing, and that didn't end up being the case. And you asked me, "Did you buy the hook?" And I was like, "Did I buy the what?" So tell me, what's the hook? And then give me some betting one hundred and one for that kind of a scenario okay. when you need to buy points. Okay, so the best way I can do this, I wish I could share my screen on Facebook to show people because I'm sure a lot of people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, if you're if you're going through your local bookie, Uncle Knuckles or Dr. No-Nos, uh, you probably can't buy the hook. I'm going to be honest with you. Gonna- <laughs> or Roy the, Roy the Fat Man at the bar in Murfreesboro. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't letting you buy points. No. If, if you're talking about filling out a card like the old school cards, I don't even know if people still do that. You're not buying oh my a God, hook. I hope not. <laughs> you're not buying a hook. You're you're picking what they say to pick. Those were a lot of fun, though, back in the day, man. You look oh, no, five were bucks hoop. down. And it's so funny. We'd all be secretive over in the corner and everything. And you know, Who I pick? I don't want you seeing what I got, yeah. man. I'm going to go with a 19 parlay. I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> First game out. No, the- you're not. <laughs> First game out the box, you lose. Oh, man. I was so close. I won six of nine. That's really not as close as you think it is. Okay, so buying the hook would be so. I'm, let me log in real quick so, so I give you the exact number. Um, okay, we're gonna take. Uh, okay, to, this is a perfect example. We're going to take the Pittsburgh Panthers game tomorrow night. It is they're a seven a, a seven point favorite. Okay, and if you take the Pittsburgh minus seven, it's a minus one fifteen. The uh, payout they are at the georgia tech yellow jackets right so if you decide to do i gotta make sure i don't accidentally actually bet this game uh so if you do this and you lay we'll we'll just go easy and say 10 bucks minus seven you're gonna win eight dollars and seventeen eight dollars and seventy cents okay on a, on a minus 115 normally they're minus 110 that just tells you that there's more money going into Pittsburgh right now, so they're trying to entice you to take Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech. because Georgia Tech right. is uh, a minus 105 right now. So that's how you can always tell where the money is going, right? Is is if is if you had, on a normal bet, if you see minus 120, minus 125, or plus 120 or 125, there's more. I mean, money. the book is taking all the money on that side, right? right? And and they're trying to entice you to go the other way. And you have to make up your mind, is this a trick or are they actually being Is it a treat? Right. Sometimes sometimes it's a trick and sometimes it's worth getting the less. So buying the hook would be, man, I really like Pittsburgh. I really like them. I think they're going to kick the crap out of the Yellow Jackets. But seven, 
That is a common number in scoring in the in in, in football. What if they win twenty seven to twenty? I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push one hundred percent. So I'm gonna buy the hook and take it down to, to six and a half. Mm, and okay. The, and now I'm only getting paid out minus one thirty. So now my ten dollars to win eight something went ten dollars to win seven sixty nine. Gotcha. And so that's and so that's the conundrum. And you can take it most of these sites, you can take it all the way down. I mean, in theory, I could take it to plus three on this site, Pittsburgh plus mm -hmm. three, but I'm I'm risking ten to win a buck forty five. And it's like, is that really worth it? What the hell am I doing here? No. The other way to do it, okay is what we call a teaser. And for people who don't know what a teaser is, I'm going to go ahead and keep the Pittsburgh game there because it is seven, and this works out really well uh, just because the way it is. Okay, well, that man, this one keeps going up and down. The Rams are minus five. They were minus six and a half, seven uh, yesterday. So Every time I've been on the Rams this year, I've lost. I'm so, I'm so gun-shy by them. But let's say you think that the Rams are going to win, but you're like, man, that is going to be a tight game. I don't know if they're going to cover – I'm going yeah. to tease that game. I'm going to do a teaser. I'm going to do, to make it make sense, you're going to need to do at least a six-and-a-half-point teaser. You could do a six, but I'll, I'm, for argument's sake, I'm going to say a six-and-a-half-point teaser. That way, all I need is for Pittsburgh to win, mm -hmm. right? Because they were seven points. Six-and-a-half is going to take you down to half a point. Okay? You, right. So you're buying six-and-a-half points. But it's like a parlay. The Rams are getting six and a half now. So now, as opposed to a five-point favorite, they're a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Or you, Got it. Or you could take it the other way. You say, man, I think the Patriots have a chance of winning that game. It's going to be close. I'm going to take the Patriots, and now as opposed to getting five, I'm getting 11-and-a-half, right? <clears throat> and so, Got it. And so if you do that on a six-and-a-half, you risk 10 to win 7.69. The most common teaser is a six-point teaser when you hear it referenced on, on betting shows and they say, I'm going to tease right. this down. They're, they're usually talking about a six-point teaser in football, and it's it would be 10 to win $8.33. What you're risking there in this, in this situation is, what if Pittsburgh only wins by a point? Right. Then you're going to push in. An, just like a parlay, they all have to hit. And just like mm. a parlay, if one of them pushes, it just eliminates that from the odds. Gotcha. So, in other words, the game that you the, – the parlay that you hit, the three-team parlay, and you, you, said, mm -hmm. and you uh, said that the uh, Broncos were getting 14. Mm -hmm. What that will mean now, let's say the Broncos lost by exactly 14. 28-14, which I think they lost by six or seven, right. so it but let's, covered. Right, but let's say they lose exact. Let's say they lose the game twenty-eight to fourteen. Okay, mm -hmm. you your three game because it's a push. It's not a win or a loss. Your three game parlay take that game out. It's not. It becomes a two game parlay. It's a two game right. parlay. So, so your parlay is not dead because it pushes, but you are not going to get the same payback. So. You're not going to get the payout on that particular and game. The other got thing it. that you were asking about, this is how this whole thing started a few weeks ago. We never got to this. That's why I keep kicking myself in the ass every Wednesday morning around 10, 15 <laughs> when I get done. I go, we didn't talk about it again. You were asking whether or not it was smart 
to do in-game betting. Yes, live betting. Okay, give give me your question specifically, and then I'll I'll give you the answer. The question specifically referenced a Bengals game, and I don't remember which Bengals game it was, but it was a Bengals game that they were up. Um, they were up at halftime, or they were within striking distance, and their odds went from like their odds went from plus seven to I think minus three, right? So the team they were playing, I'm pretty sure it was the Giants game, right? So if you had bet the Giants at halftime because they were down, I think they were down ten to three, you were getting a lot of you were getting a good payout on the Giants if they came back and covered the seven. Now they didn't. I think they ended up winning the game like 18 to 14, but I sent it to you and I was like, man, this is, this is hot. And you know, it's good odds. It's basically a long shot bet, right? You know, with any betting of any kind, really, the more you risk, you know, the more reward. Um, And it was basically, if I take the giants in this spot, if I just throw five bucks on it and they come back in this game and cover the seven, it was nuts. It was like plus 1200. So it was a huge payout, even on three bucks or five bucks. Um, so it was a really nice bit and I didn't end up doing it and they didn't end up covering that because they had to be plus seven and I think they only won by four. So it wouldn't have been a okay. smart bet and I didn't lay it. Run those numbers by me one more time. When you laid the bet, what was the spread? The giants, when I was looking at it, it was giants to cover by seven was like plus 1200 because they were down had like you, 10, nothing. Had 10, you put a bet in early? I mean, earlier in the game. Okay, so no. you had no skin, but you were looking at the line. Correct. So the the current score of the game was what? I think ten to three. Ten to three Cincinnati. Giants. Oh so, no, ten to three Cincinnati. Okay, ten yeah. to ten to three Cincinnati, and then the line that you were looking at was what Giants? What plus what? Giants, Giants minus Giants minus seven. Giants to win by seven was plus twelve hundred. So Giants are, to win. Be- oh, so they're already down seven. Correct. Okay, that's going to be a very difficult one to come back. But if you think that it was a fluke that Cincinnati got out to that lead, then okay. But obviously, they barely won that game by like two points or whatever. It was four, I think. Yeah, 18-14, 16-14, something like that. A lot of in-game betting, what you'll see. Just for an example, um, we'll go back to the Patriots-Rams game tomorrow night, right? And the Rams are five-point favorites. And... The game starts, you immediately that number starts going up and down, up and down, up and down. It depends on who's got the right. ball, who just made – and they wait till a play is 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 finished before they – Confirmed. Sprint, sprint, yep. So a lot of times what you're seeing at home is much delayed because you're going off of your streaming option or your satellite or your cable. They're going – they've got guys sitting there in Vegas with closed-circuit TV that is – yeah, live up, feed. Right, up to the minute. So a lot of times when it makes the big changes on the di- change of a possession or the change of a score, okay? So right. So let's say it's minus five, minus five, minus five. Okay, you, you go, I ain't touching that. You go you go to the store, you come back, it's halftime. The Patriots are up by four. Let's say it's 14 to 10 at the half. Now that Rams minus five is going to jump considerably. So you have to make the decision whether or not you think they're going to be that much better. And a lot of time it comes with game flow. Usually the in-game betting is very difficult to make a profit on. 
because you've got mm. experts sitting there with charts sliding up and down a sliding scale and they're trying to trick you in to throwing money because of what you're seeing in the first couple of possessions right uh, sure sometimes you can look i've made a few i, I typically don't do in-game betting but the percentage wise you don't win as much on that, and that's why most professional gamblers tell you not to do it. But sometimes, mm -hmm. you, but sometimes you want to lay five bucks down. Or sometimes what will happen is it's the Super Bowl, and you've laid money on who, I guess in theory this could happen, so we'll say Patriots-Rams are playing once again in the Super Bowl this year. Right. And you've taken the, the Rams minus five, and you get to the half, you go, oh, Christ almighty, they're down by 21. Uh, and then you start chasing the money you lost. And so then right. you, you put a totally different bet out. And, so, and then other people will do it to hedge their bet. Gotcha. We're winning. We're winning. Everything's going good. Dude, what if they blow this? Right. Put money on the other team. Right. That's called a hedge, right? Right. So there's there's a side story for that. I had put, I've been keeping a, a, a real tight eye on the Giants because, and I sent this to you and Trosh three weeks ago, and it got a bunch of LOLs. Um, the Giants three weeks ago were plus 700 to win the division. I mean, I put 10 bucks on that because I was like, this division sucks and anybody could win it. Yeah. And right now, that bet's looking pretty good and that'll pay out nice for 10 bucks if they do end up winning the division. Now they got to, you know, they beat Washington twice, so they have the tiebreaker on them, but they still have to make it to the end of the road and not trip over their own shoelaces. I've but that saying, might pay out really good. I've been saying back when they were one in seven and barely lost that Philly game that the Giants were, were going to win this division. And it's mm. and it's coming true. Um, I still think I like Joe Judge. I like what he's doing there, man. He's him and Brian Flores might be the best pieces of fruit to ever come off the Belichick tree because nobody else has done anything. It's going to be interesting down the stretch because Washington's playing really good football. Obviously, they are. They just beat the Steelers, but the Giants are playing really good football. The one thing that you have to look at is down the stretch. What is that schedule going to look like? And the New York Giants finished their, their season off like this. Cardinals, Browns at home the next two weeks. Two good teams, but they are at home. They're at the Ravens. Oof. They get to finish the season against the Cowboys at home. Okay. Mm. What is what does Washington look like going down the stretch? They are these two teams are tied. Uh five and seven. Five and seven. But but remember. Yeah. Washington has to beat them outright because they lost the entire series. Yep, so lost the, the whole series. So tiebreaker goes to them. What do they look like? I'd say it's equally as difficult. At the 49ers this weekend. That's a loss. At home against Seattle. That could Ooh. be a win. <laughs> because West, be Coast, a win. West Coast, East Coast. Panthers at home. That's probably win. a win. You know Ron Rivera wants to beat the Panthers. <laughs> you know Are he you does. Kidding me? Bad. Are you kidding me? And then they finish at the Eagles. So they both play bad teams the last week of the season. I'd say the one advantage that the Giants, and this is why I said this weeks ago. I'm looking at it, I'm going to do the Cowboys are falling apart. So we're really talking about the Redskins and the, and the Eagles and the Red, uh, and the Giants. And at that point, I, I just I have no faith. I haven't had faith in Carson Wentz since 2017. So, you know, I haven't picked them to win anything since they won the Super Bowl. Um, the but, intelligence of that Super Bowl season is currently walking the sidelines in Indianapolis. I've been right. saying it for over a year. It's not It's not Doug Peterson. And the star of that Super Bowl is 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 taking snaps in Indianapolis. <laughs> Trey Burton, 
The, the, exactly. The Philly exactly. special uh, passer. And the other the other star of that offense is riding the bench in Chicago. But the, so but like this Doug is Peterson's. The reason why I, I, this is why when, when I made that when I make these bold statements, I think a lot of people just think I you know open up a bottle and just start yammering things. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the at the I, I always look at NFL schedules in quarters. Just like you look at a football game a quarter, I look at the course, there's 16 yep. games, you're going to play four at a time, so to speak. And I looked at the final quarter of the season, and I see at 49ers, at home against Seattle, home against the Panthers, and at the Eagles, the one advantage that the Giants do have is that the they're finishing their season at home. Washington will be on the road, and that's a heated rivalry. You know, maybe, yeah. you know, obviously Dallas and and the Giants are heavy rivalry, but I just don't think that I don't think they've got what it takes to be perfectly honest. With you. <laughs> um, Cowboys might be starting Garrett Gilbert by then. I mean, they, they look they look just the Giants you know, have one road game. The rest of the stretch, though they at are, Baltimore, right at Baltimore. That's it. And and though the Cardinals and Browns are 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 good teams. I mean that Ravens game just smells like a game that they could fight fight their way into and flip of the coin. But I'd guarantee you, I'm I'm going to call it now. The Browns are going to lose in New York. They're not going to beat the Giants. The Browns are still due to give us one more stinker the, this year, and that could be the one. And the that Car- could easily be the one. Well, no, the stinker's coming Monday night because they're going to play the Ravens again, and they can't <laughs> they can't they can't beat the Ravens to save their life, but. Even in Cleveland, you don't think on a bad, on a blustery night with bad weather, that, you don't that think they play, can grind them in, down? That plays into Baltimore's freaking. They hope it's a blizzard because, like, thank God we don't have to throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, did you watch that game yesterday? Oh, I did. Oh I did. God. His mechanics, his mechanics look broken. He's throwing from a side slot. His he's throwing from this side slot all the time, and the ball's sailing on him. His mechanics are all jacked They're tra- up. He's been like that since he mechanic. was at Louisville, and that's why I've always said he's not going to be a long term great quarterback as long as his legs. He keep was up. he was better last year though. He wasn't throwing side slot as because, much last no, year. He was, he was better, up above he the was shoulder. Better last year because the concept was fairly new to everybody, and his guys were wide open like this. It was sure. like it was like RG three at Baylor. Like yeah, it's it Tebow stuff, yards, man. Tebow was they, twenty yards. They were wide wide open and then now everyone's going all right well let's just calm down with this whole you know suck everyone in crap and so right now they're playing not to compare him not to compare him to tebow but tebow was a when he had guys running wide open on slants he could hit them and they could run because he had demarius thomas and the second people were like yeah we're not falling for any of this play action nonsense we don't believe you're gonna well and the problem with tebow too is the fact that he would hit a guy wide open on a slant but it's not legal to skip the ball to him so that it would be incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, when I think of Tebow, I think of some sidearm wild wander, almost like, uh, oh, what's that goofy sport they play in India and in, uh, in a Great Britain? Cricket. Um, cricket. cricket. Yeah. It's like a cricket. cricket. It's like a cricket throw that bounces three times before it gets there. I don't know. Is that legal? I, I don't know what the hell I'm watching over here. <laughs> it's, it's it's like cornhole on on steroids. I don't know what the hell cricket's been doing. Um, but yeah, the uh, the looking at the games, and I, I I said this back then. I thought it would happen going into last year, but I guess people just did not take it seriously enough and prepared for it enough. 
It's waiting right. till this year to happen because when, remember when he came in two years ago and they made a playoff run and then they just got mm -hmm. dusted in the playoffs by by the Patriots. I'm sorry, they got dusted by the Chargers and almost and almost came back late in the game in the in the yep. playoffs. Yep. I said then. This is all cute and everything, but they're going to start realizing that if you just play what I call honest football, which means just put your receivers man-to-man, -man, put one safety back there, put your strong mm -hmm. safety down there to stop the run, you can slow down that Baltimore offense enough to where yeah. most teams can force them into punts and keep it to a low-scoring game. Even the Tennessee Titans defense figured out Baltimore, right? Right. But what's happening is that now that these guys are actually somewhat covered, he's having to try to finesse it, and that's why you're getting the freaking huckster. I mean, the, one of the sidearms he threw last night, there was no reason for it. It wasn't like he was trying to – like, I, you'll see Aaron Rodgers. I've even seen Kyle mm -hmm. Murray where they adjust their, their arm angle, and I'm like, that's pretty clever. We see Mahomes do it all the time, right? And I'm like, man, to be able to think that way and get okay, that's that's just awesome. That's awesome ethic. He's just he's doing it. There's no pressure in his face. He is out there slinging it underhanded like he's like he's trying to strike his receiver out. <laughs> he's like, as well, you know, you think you can hit that? Well, here comes the submarine changeup, baby. Guys, got I'm on your team. Quit throwing junk like that. I'd rather see a push is, pass. This is not a generational get off my lawn thing, but that's that's the same. That argument, right, that Mahomes is doing it and he can do it from all these different arm slots, so you've got other people trying it. I'm curious if that's going to infect quarterbacks in high school right now in college who are going to keep doing that stuff the same way it's infected basketball. And what I mean by that is I love Stephen Curry. I, I think he's awesome. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But my son plays basketball, plays in two leagues every year. He loves basketball. And I notice all the time when the kids are doing shoot-around, the very first thing they start doing is – trying to shoot threes, right? Whereas that was not how I learned. Basketball is my favorite sport to play. It has been since I was a kid. When I was coming up learning how to play basketball, you never went behind the three-point line until after you had mastered a layup and had mastered a five-foot jumper and then a 10-foot jumper right. and then a free throw and then a 15-foot jumper. And if you were good at all of those, you could get outside the line. You could get outside the 15-foot line and start working on threes. And now it's where people just start because of Steph. And because of where the game has gone. So I'll be curious four or five years if we have a bunch of dudes who are trying to do Pat Mahomes stuff that aren't Pat Mahomes, right? I'll just yeah, be you interested know, if we see that. Growing up, Forbes can tell you, I was a marksman. Well, I was like that because I, I evolved. I was When I went out there and played, I was much thinner, much, much better shapes. So had nothing to do with that. I was always the shortest guy on the court, always. Sure, same once, here. Once I I'm hit around, around 16 years old, I was the shortest guy out there. I, I wasn't, right. I'm, I, I, I'm not short by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm about six feet tall. But everyone that was going at that point, if you were still interested in playing basketball, you were well above six feet tall, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was just hard-headed going, I can do it, I can do it. So I, so I, was, so I could drain threes, but I did not abandon – the inside game because how I got that got to get threes is, is that I had to have the threat of, of driving past you.
right? Yep. And so got to keep people honest. And so, and I, and it's funny what you're talking about. What I'm thinking of is first thing that popped in my mind. I haven't thought about this in years. I used to do what I called the Mark Jackson wa- a warm up, just because I read about it in some magazine mm-hmm. or something. And every day before warm up, he started with a very basic warm up of standing to the left of the basket and the right of the basket, doing this and in front of the basket, doing banks off the basket. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about from like a foot away and then, yeah. doing, and then doing it on the right side and then doing it in front. And then you would yep. breach out. Okay. I'd say there was a total of about 20 or 30 sh- shots. I don't really remember, but you would breach out mm-hmm. all, all around the free throw line. I had spots and then at the top of the key and then in the corners behind the three point line, all that stuff. And then by the time I got warmed up, then, then I was ready to go play. If you said, Hey, let's play a pickup game. I had to get that in my, in my, uh, routine that had to be done. I'd say, yeah, you know, give me a few minutes. I got to warm up. And I'm sure a lot of people would sit there watching it. Good God, man. When you say warm up, if you're shooting 30 freaking shots over there, that's not a warm up. That's a game. I would do it. <laughs> I, I would never. And cause I, cause I read that that's what he did and he swore by it. And I started seeing, seeing production on my side. And then that way, when I came into a game, it wasn't new to me because people who have never played basketball, it's that weight of the ball in the, in the yep. death possession, even though you've played it your whole life every day, you have to re it's not quite like riding a bass, a, a bicycle. You don't just jump on and go because you've done it before. You're still getting a feel for it every single day. Right. So, you know, it's just like the way a pitcher has to warm up. It's just like quarterback just roll out of the locker room. Go, all right, let's heave one deep. Let's go. Hey dude, you haven't pay- warmed up at all. No, nah, man, I'm good. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I think Lamar Jackson is. <laughs> muscle know. memory and repetition right ray allen's um one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time and he would talk about he didn't he didn't shoot three-pointers in warm-ups he would just play around the world inside the key because that, he wanted that, to that was he wanted that i couldn't think he of wanted the, that repetition yeah, to be the I same he's think, like it i couldn't think of the term around the world that's exactly what it was, it was yep, around, around the world around he the would world. he would say because if your shot is the same it doesn't matter where you are on the court. And if you're just trying to shoot from three, you're going to try and you're, it's going to feel like it's a longer shot. And that's not the point. The point is the motion has to be the same every time, regardless of where you're standing. And this is, that's the most successful, one of the most successful three-point shooters of all time said he never shot threes in practice ever. <laughs> he just played around the world. It's inside funny. The our, our, our local pickup place that we played ball at in Jacksonville years ago, it didn't have a three-point line out there. Then one day, right. one day we walked out there and someone had painted one out there around all, all the, right? Around the court, yeah. So we had the, obviously had the two long length ones, and then we had two and two here. So six total, six total uh, baskets and a full length. Yeah. It was a regulation full length court, but usually when you played a full length pickup game locally, you, you did the sides, right? Yeah. You didn't do the mm-hmm. full because that was just asinine to have to dribble all the way up <laughs> because there was always some guy over there trying to do 40 minutes of hell where you had to dribble. <laughs> it's like, come on, guy. <laughs> Jesus. There's always some guy. 
Yeah, some guy checking you at yeah. half court. Like, yeah. Get out of here. He's, Stop he's, it. He's, he's, he's sitting there slapping the pavement like he's slapping playing for the paint. You know, <laughs> let's go. He's pulling up his socks. I'm like, oh, God, this jackass. Uh, I'm going I'm to accidentally on purpose just drill him in the, in the nards here with the ball. <laughs> Sorry, he's, dude. He's got. He's got jogging pants and one leg is down and one leg's at the knee because right. LO Cool J. <laughs> There's always that guy. And it would always, always get guy. it would always get me my teammates because I was always the one bringing the ball up the court. I was a very good uh, uh, dribbler, ball handler, passer, all that stuff. Uh, it would I would drive me nuts in a pickup game. If I've played with the people a lot, they would know. But I'm like, why is no one setting a pick so I can get by this? Instead, you have four other guys. I swear to God, you you'd have four other guys. Standing out there going, I'm open, I'm open. And they're all covered. I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. I was like, why am I dribbling all the way through this guy? If you just set a damn pick, I could go right through. And then when they chase me, then I'll get the ball to you. It was basic 101. But it wasn't until you got a little older that, that people started. I mean, I, I laugh at it now. It's kind of like when you do the backup, backyard pickup game. Mm-hmm. Most of the times uh, I, I, was, I was the, uh, the uh, quarterback. Sometimes for both sides, if we had odd number, because I was usually the most accurate. Um, but they go and out, pick up. But they would go out for passes, and none of them were running real routes. They'd all just basically <laughs> just do like seven yard button hooks and go, "I'm open, I'm open." You're not open. This guy right on you. As soon as I throw that ball, and there's no fl- there's no refs out there, they're gonna cream you, and the ball's gonna go <laughs> flying. It's gonna be third and ten again. It's like, what are we doing here? The equivalent of that today, and I um I had my son hunt somebody in a game last year because I I just hated the way this kid was dressed, and I picked him out right away. Um, if I see a kid in in my son's league who's either has on a headband or is wearing a shooting sleeve, and preferably has both, I'm like, son, that's one of two things. That's either the coach's son. Or that's the kid who thinks he's the best player on the team, but really isn't. So there was a kid in a game last year that had a headband and a shooting sleeve on. And I was like, son, I don't want you to let that kid score. I want you to be in his back pocket every okay. time he gets the ball because he has never been defended in his life. Okay, and so- he's going to think he's going to think his life is over. And so- that's exactly what happened. So this conversely, so man, man, I, man, I wish uh, James was on the show right now because I don't think he'd be able to stop laughing. Conversely, in our pickup games out there on the west side of Jacksonville, which is like the – if people mm-hmm. don't understand what the west side of Jacksonville is, it's a rough area of town. It really is. Uh, how the hell I, I made it out alive, I don't know, especially with my mouth. But uh, – so you have all walks of life out there. And we had one guy that consistently showed up with a headband on. <laughs> I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of who he reminds me of who he looks like. But just imagine this guy with like a Pete Rose bowl haircut, right? This is like uh, late 80s, right? A Pete Rose bowl haircut. He, he would then put a headband on. It was always – the colors would always match his socks, his knee, his knee socks, that he would pull up to his knees. Like he was Michael Cooper, but the socks were – you know how back in the 80s and 70s they had ones that oh, were – Oh, I, I know. The big stripe yeah. ones. So let's say he's got the green stripe going on. They would always match. And then he's wearing what? No, there's no other word to call it, but he's wearing bit shorts, okay? You know, <laughs> but like the 1962 – uh, gym shorts that were like yeah. given to you that you had to wear that those he's doing this in the eighties when it's Jordan starting to wear his shorts a little longer. Right. So this is way out of style. Right. 
Fab Five's coming up. To make it worse, the guy was about ten to fifteen years older than us. Okay, he was like early. <laughs> we're, we're like sixteen, I love this seventeen. Story. He's like mid thirties, and I'm telling you right now, Sean, the biggest pain in the ass you have ever. I don't care. D Brown used to play out there, and I guarantee you, D Brown would tell you. D Brown's the one that won the the slam dunk championship for the Celtics in the early nineties that, that pumped up his shoes. Remember that? And he, mm-hmm. he did the. Yep, I remember D Brown very he well. He was the first one to to put his arm over. He dabbed, uh, you know, his over his eyes so he couldn't see, and he dunked. D Brown, I guarantee you, D Brown would because he told me back then. D Brown was playing college basketball for JU. D Brown played against some really good players. D Brown would t- still tell me he'd say that is the biggest pain in the ass I've ever dealt with in my life playing because he just man the entire time he's doing this number like this he's all over you right. Luckily, I was playing uh, point guard and he was normally down low right. His nickname was Garbage Man. First of all, he looked like he, <laughs> he looked like he would be hanging off the back of a garbage truck. But then also, <laughs> all his points scored were offensive rebounds and putbacks, right? But it was asinine the way this guy would get. And if he decided he was going to check you at point guard because he got tired of me come, you know, getting through the lane easily, he would check me underneath my own basket <laughs> all the way up the damn floor and the whole time doing this number. I mean, just all spider webbing you. Go, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, dude, and I don't know what he did for a living. You know, we just called him garbage, man, but I don't know what he actually did for a living. But I'm like, what do you do where you have all this energy at 5.30 in the afternoon when you get off work, man? Because I, <laughs> I, I go to school and I'm exhausted and I'm 16. But anyways, I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget garbage man until the day I die, dude. The biggest pain in the ass I've ever dealt with in all of. And garbage man one time racked me. Okay. It was by accident. But man, was I hot. I was. <laughs> oh, the play was running north, and for whatever reason, I can't remember why, but he ran south and chucked at his arms like he would always chuck at high knee and stuff, and one of his arms chucked up and racked me. I didn't even have the ball. And I hit the ground. Oh! Eyes crossed, slam, hit the ground, freaking turn him green, about to throw up everywhere. I'm like, oh! And I, I don't remember what I said, but I know I said some choice, choice words for him. I know I did. Because whatever I said got him mad, and then he let it go. Because first of all, he's like, first of all, I'm 20 years older. This kid outweigh him by by 60 pounds, and you know I did just rack him, you know. But whatever I said, dude, I I I, I probably said something really. I remember later on coming up, but dude, I didn't mean to say that. I was because, dude, I understand. I I get it, you know. But I was like, I was saying stupid crap, like, oh, kick your butt, and I was like, at the time, I weighed like 150 pounds, and you know, he could have bench pressed me through the freaking ceiling. I'm like, okay. Hey. <laughs> uh garbage man that's a good one if if forbus ever comes on again we'll have to mention garbage he'll, man. i'll have to wear a headband there's no way he doesn't remember garbage man i don't know if he'll remember the nickname but he'll but he'll I, I, i'll give him like two two references because oh yeah that guy it's just like garbage <laughs> man was just ridiculous uh before, <laughs> before we go to uh walk this off um we're, we're going to get into the NFC playoffs. We don't really have time time for that. We'll do that next week on the on the uh, NFC playoff picture is 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 was what I was really looking at. But we, we'll do that next week. We don't have time to do it this week. The fantasy football playoffs are starting yeah, yeah. this week. 
how many teams did you get in out of, out of how many and which one do you think has the best chance of uh making a run so i know two teams got in for sure i haven't looked at the third yet um i had a win i think over you this week but i think i finished at five and eight and i don't know if that put me in the playoffs or if that put me in the consolation bracket what league in are you the, talking uh, about the reggae auction league. Okay. Uh, I finished at five and eight. I don't remember if that put me in or if that put me on the outside looking in. Um, I, I haven't gone and looked yet. So, uh, cause I finished five and eight in that league. Oddly enough, that's, that's my team. I'm probably the highest on because I've got, uh, Diggs, Lockett, uh, Keenan Allen. I believe you're in. Yes. Aren't, aren't you cup in the woods? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you scored like two hundred and eighty yep. points or whatever the hell it was. I was like, what is this crap? I was like, good thing I already had it locked up. I I it didn't matter if I won or lost, I was gonna be the three seed. But mm -hmm. I still always try to win. And I was like, What in the hell is this, man? I actually had a good good game. Um okay, my bad, you scored one ninety. I had one fifty four. <laughs> That's usually keep, keeps you in the conversation. I'm like, This is ridiculous. You're playing Rocky Top. <laughs> this week in in uh the playoffs is what i yeah so i uh i had three teams all of them through the show and all three of them got in so uh one of them was What's your best uh, one? the the crimea rivers team ended up with the best record which was uh i forget which league that was that's not the keeper because the keeper league is uh the galladay and express that's the host league just among the hosts so that's the team that was eight no and and only finished ten and three. So I'm a little more skeptical about that. You do I got have a bailed buy. out. You do have a buy. Yeah, I got bailed out a bunch of times in that league. It's it's important to mention because I put up on Twitter that I was eight no in that league, and someone went eight no with that lineup. I was like, hey, dude, <laughs> I didn't say it was any good. Like I got bailed out at least three times by Kyler Murray, where he had big weeks. I had one week. I started Tyler Lockett the week that they played, I think, Monday night or Sunday night football, and he had like 77 points. I ended up winning by like two points. So, I mean, I, I have no right. The I have no right the being host that good. league, uh, that's my worst team. My running back situation is trash. And it, the main, the biggest biggest mistake I made was drafting Hilaire. And I wasn't going to draft him, but I didn't have him in, in any of our other leagues. So, I was like, you know mm -hmm. what? I need to have a share of him. And, boy, did that turn out to be a terrible decision. Um Going down the stretch, I'll be routinely putting out Kareem Hunt and Raheem Mostert, <laughs> my running backs. Two talented running backs, but not they're not even realistically Can't starters. rely on them. Yeah, can't rely on them. I mean, Kareem Hunt's got to play Baltimore this week. I don't even know if I'll be putting them in. I mean, I could put Hilaire back in, but, man, that's going to be a, just a dumpster fire. And then I'm going to have to go wide receiver. I don't like going wide receiver on my flex. I like running backs because you know what you're going to get from them. But yep. I, I, that team Same. That team was just terrible. I just, um, <laughs> I, I had to have drafted another running back this time. I don't know if I had Saquon Barkley in that league or so, something happened because I would have, no, if I drafted Hilaire, that would have been first round. I don't know what I did with the second round. I got Hilaire and I've got Devontae Adams and grabbing Aaron Rodgers late in the, in the draft saved my bacon and put right. it in the playoffs. But AJ Brown's been extremely inconsistent. And then I just told you my issues with running back. I mean, what else do I have in this league? G <laughs> Trosh is over here asking me a million questions about a month ago why I'm picking up Giovanni Bernard 
He goes, he's, he's not even supposed to play this week. You know that, right? And I said, yeah, I didn't want to end this whole thing. But what I felt like saying at the time was, have you looked at my damn roster? I mean, what am I rolling over here, dude? Like Damian Harris, I was I was holding on to that carrot forever. I still have him, but he, I'm terrified to start. I can't start him this week. He's playing the Rams. He got 16 rushes, 80 yards. That's decent, but he never gets in the end zone. No, he's the Texans game, I think, is the only game he's gotten in the end zone. Um, it's, it could always be worse. You could be, I don't know if that's the same league, but I think, cause I think it was the auction league where Justin, Justin drafted, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon with the first two picks and blew like all his money. And they were both gone by like week three. Well, he had Zeke. <laughs> it's just the worst. He had Zeke too. And he, and he traded Zeke to me for Michael Thomas. And we both got screwed <laughs> in that deal. We both got screwed. I didn't have a, uh, I, I didn't have just... a solid running back. Well, that was the reggae auction one. I didn't have a solid running back core, so I was like, man, I need. I was loaded at receiver. I was like, I need to trade one of these receivers, so I traded uh, uh, Michael Thomas for Zeke. Found out later I probably could have gotten Christian McCaffrey, but hell, he got hurt anyway, so what, is, what are we talking about? Uh, I've got, in that league, I did a good job of picking up. I picked up James Robinson early. That saved my mm. bacon. And somewhere nice. down the road, someone dropped David Montgomery, and that's been a good pickup. Uh, he's been consistent. He obviously has gone off the last couple of weeks. But whenever they dropped him, I'm thinking it must have been right around – I haven't had him long. It's right around the Tennessee game. We went 14 carries and 30 yards, didn't get in. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, I think he was hurt. So they, they dropped him. Maybe they had too many people on their IR or whatever. But that's after <laughs> we expanded our IR. I could not believe he was sitting there. I was like, well, dude – I got a bad running back situation. I got to at least try try picking him up. But yeah, I've so I'm in 28 leagues. One of them is the uh, is the auction leagues. I mean, uh, sorry, the uh, best ball league. So I can't count that one. Uh, I still have to go back and do all the freaking uh, things with that. But um, it looks like I'm probably going to win that one. But I'm not counting that one. Best balls that you just guess in the you know good for you kind of crap. Um, <laughs> But in those 27 leagues I counted up this morning, I made the playoffs in 26 of them. Nice. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy about that. I knew one of them I was not going to make because that team, I'm not going to lie, and I get on to people about this all the time, but I absolutely ignored that team till about week six. And <laughs> I don't know why, but when I would go to my – because I don't go to the ESPN fantasy very right. often, and they were in one of those, and it was the bottom one. And when I would go through my my app, I hate the way their app is set up, but when I would go through the app, they were the bottom team, and for whatever reason, I never saw them. And right around <laughs> week five or six, I was like, what the? I forgot about this team. What's it doing? It was like 0-5, and, and I was like trying to scramble. <laughs> to get, I, I, I actually rallied and got them uh, just under 500 for the season, which was great, but it was too little too late, which is what I ended up naming the team, too little too late. Just uh, just for posterity, since you asked the question, I didn't really answer it. How did I do? I had three leagues all through the show. Uh, two of them I have first-round buys, which means I'll predictably lose in the semifinal round. And uh, the third one, uh, the one we just mentioned, a cup in the woods, uh, sneaked into the playoffs in the last week of the season. I actually like that team because my receivers are really stacked um, and just based on matchups, but um, really excited for the fantasy basketball draft that we're rolling that out because that's this Saturday. Um, really excited for that. And I and I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's an auction. Yep, I did notice. So, auction basketball is the only way to fly, man. Because if you just 
pick players. That's that's worse than football. It's so boring. You got to do an auction. That's the way I figure it. Uh, I've done a couple of. Uh, I've never done a fantasy basketball auction one. I've only done. Fantasy, oh, it's, it's only, the best. I've only done snake, and I don't even. And I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I've never liked fantasy basketball, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the college try again one time. I think now that I know everybody in the league, it's gonna be a little different. Mm-hmm. I was in one league years ago where it was a bunch of people from Murfreesboro around about a decade or so ago, and we got into it. I was really into it, man. I mean, I was really into it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was second or third in the league, and then spring training opened. And, and that's the last <laughs> I remember about that league. I feel like yeah. I made the playoffs, but I don't really remember. I know I didn't win it. And one of the guys – that was in it that won it is going to be in this league. And he asked me for years, I said, are we going to do another basketball or the basketball? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm honest with you. No one liked it. Like it was like me and you, there was one other guy. I was like, no one else is paying attention to this damn league. I love it. It's the best. It, it's a, it has a lot of parables to baseball in the sense that you really do have to kind of check your lineup every day. Cause you don't want to have a guy on your bench. That's, you know, one of only three games being played that night. And he scores 30 points and has 10 rebounds against Charlotte. And you had him on the bench. Like, you, you're going to need those points. That's the difference between a win and a loss. So, um, and it's the same thing in baseball, right? You know, you mess around in baseball and have a pitcher on your bench because you didn't check your lineup that day who goes, you know, who has a quality start. You know, I'll never forget it. in baseball this past year, um, I was I, at like the witching hour. I put that Alec Mills dude in that I picked up off the waiver wire um, for the Cubs to fill in an empty roster spot. And he throws a perfect a no hitter that day. You know, like, you know, if I had not checked my lineup that day and he threw a no hitter and I had him on my bench because I picked him up earlier in the week, just as a spot starter, I'd have like, <laughs> I'd have jumped off my porch. I'd have, I'd have been so mad. What I have learned is that I just can't do weekly baseball lineups anymore. It's got to be daily, right? Yeah, it has to be. I it has to be. You know, I can't do weekly. We that was that was the one frustration I had with the roto league that I finished second. Well, we in were playing Justin around with it. And I didn't is, know how many people were going to yeah. be invested in it. I was like, you know what? We're we're going to do it safe this this year when we bring that back. It's it's daily. There's just, it's just yeah, terrible. it's got to be. Um, the before before we run off, one last question. Typically, what uh, what does this sound about fair to you? Because I've only done a few basketball ones. I, tried, I did some research. I decided not to go with specific pointing guard, point guards, shooting guard, etc. It's three guards, three forwards, one center, and then three mm-hmm. and then three utilities. Okay, so it gives you a total of. Uh, 10, 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. 10 players. And I see that, that your average Joe carries somewhere between uh, a 10 and 11 man starting roster. And then I only went with four bench players because from what I've read upon it is if you have too many bench players, then the the league gets increasingly boring, right? Cause you have to make Mm -hmm. actual decisions. Does that sound about right to you? It does. Most of the ones I've played are somewhere between five and seven for the bench. Four is four is um, a, a very welcome challenge because you will have to consider very, very specifically dropping someone. Right? They, they're going to have to be really underperforming or have lost their spot, or just, there's just somebody out so there you're that's breaking. That, that it's normally five to seven. 
in most ESPN standard leagues, right, well, it's between five and seven on the bench. I, like I said, I didn't know. I went ahead and put it to five. Uh, well, let me ask: is there is there IR slots like there are yes, in football? Yes, yes. How many? I'm going to put at least four because of COVID. Okay, then then I wouldn't increase the bench in that in that case because that'll be the most common cause. What usually happens in ESPN leagues so is you don't have injury ILs, slots; you just have so four ILs and four benches is fine. It is because okay. you're going to have somebody on COVID who's out for 10 days or they turn their ankle and they're out for two months, but you're not going to want to drop them because it's going to be somebody significant, like a, somebody who gets injured every year. Like I'll just go ahead and call him out. Kyrie Irving hurt every year. You know, Gordon Hayward hurt oh, every you year. You best believe if someone doesn't show up to this draft, I'm nominating freaking Clay Thompson out, out, out the job. <laughs> Cause I, cause I did that in a, I did that one dollar. I, I did that in a, uh, in a mock draft yesterday just to see what it would happen. Dude, dude, the computer snatched him for $17 or like, no, it was more than that. It was over 20 bucks that the computer went up there and good. I gotta have them. I was like, okay. Gotta have them. Uh, what is your, oh shoot. Before I forget, let me good do a turn back time and then we'll get the hell out of here. Uh, This is an interesting if I could find a way, And I don't know how many people know this, but on this date in 1949, so what is that, uh, 71 years ago today, the NFL merges the Cleveland Browns, San Francisco 49ers, and Baltimore Colts from what was then called the AAFC. The American Athletic Football Conference. And I think most people know about the, about the AFC that ended up merging into the NFL, but I don't think a lot of people know about, mm-hmm. about the 49 merger, which is, of course, what the USL, USFL, if they would have played the cards right, they could have ended up doing, but they got greedy and, you know, oh, well, we're going to go head to head. Let's take this to court. We're going to take it to court. Uh, <laughs> You know, if they really want to piss off Trump um, to give him a flashback, they should say, yes, Biden and the Democrats stole the election. Here's a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't get bent out of shape, Trump fans. You got to learn to laugh at stuff. Um, Also on this date, a significant trade happened in 1965. Frank Robinson traded from the Reds to the Orioles uh, in, in Robinson's prime and still talked about by Pete Rose is one of the dumbest things that he ever saw. Of course, Frank <laughs> Robinson w- went on to be a Hall of Famer and could have been there for the big red machine in, in, in the late 60s, early 70s. He said that if they had Frank Robinson, he thinks they would have won at least two more championships. Uh, birthdays. It's your birthday. Today, what does that mean? I guess I'll try 78 years old. Man, is that right? 78 years old. Dick Buckus, NFL Hall of Famer, of course. Uh, we knew he did some sports broadcasting. Um, and of course, there's been a lot of commercials. Dick Buckus, still a lot of people to this day say he's the greatest linebacker that's ever played. Now, obviously, in today's game, he wouldn't even make the field. 
<laughs> he ran like he was in molasses, but it was a different time back then. And I guarantee, if you put Dick Buckus on the steroids that they were on, you know that they're on now, that he'd be flying. Can you imagine Dick Buckus on steroids? Somebody would lose no, their life. No, I'd rather not. They would lose their life. Him and Fred Akers, still to this day, I think, are the two most vicious players ever played in the NFL. They would throw that freaking arm bar, basically just. <laughs> you talking about wanting to want to decriminalize, you know, you know, choking? They were doing it on the NFL football field. They were just freaking choking people, just hammering them as they come across. No, we're not going to tackle you. I'm just going to arm bar your your neck. That's <laughs> your run, runner. If you think football's if you think football's violent today, listeners, go back and just Google Jack Tatum of the of the Oakland Raiders. Like he 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 literally killed people on yes. the field. Like he killed them. He's a murderer. And Fred Akers, people don't really think about him. Much actually played for the University of Tennessee, uh, but he, he he was on that Bears team with Butkus. I mean, they said that they would they would have competition to see who who, who you know who could knock someone out that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah. and then of course you had what was it Deacon Jones did you head slap concussions? Hello, <laughs> he just that was his go to move was a head slap you. Dude, I guarantee if I was playing line and he'd do that head slap, I'd be looking for him every single play. Yo, you going to head slap? Well, guess what else is legal today? It's called the old crackback block. We're going to crackback block every time you head slap. You're not going to have any AC- you're not going to have any ACLs and I'm not going to have any anything left in the noggin. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the other one, this is I don't know why, but I I, I guess cuz the, the area he played in, want to make sure we mention uh, Juan Samuel do you remember Juan Samuel? Very well. Infielder for the they have here Yankees and Blue Jays. I remember him more as a uh, as a Met in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sixty years old today. That's it. He played until he was like fifty, didn't he? No, you're thinking of uh, Juan Franco. Oh yeah, that's Julio Franco. Julio Franco. That's Julio what Franco. Of. Yeah, that's right. Juan Samuel yep. was on. Was in the eighties. He played in the eighties. He was. Uh, that's I right. don't know if he was on the Miracle Mets, but he was on them in, in that in the or not the Miracle Mets in that in, range in the eighty six Mets. He was the eighty six Mets. Yeah. What is your walk off for the day, sir? It's a good day of college basketball. If you've got some downtime, catch some. Uh, Toledo and Michigan play tonight at five o'clock on the Big Ten Network. I'll have my eyes on that. Um, Michigan State. Virginia would have been played today. It looks like that's been postponed for now due to some positive contact tracing in the Virginia program. But there's some other stuff out there in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Everybody stay safe. Um, got some good NFL action coming up this weekend. And tomorrow, I, I'm really excited about tomorrow's game. I, I think that's going to be a fun. We don't get a lot of good uh, Thursday night games. That's going to be a fun one. Very few. Um, here, uh, my walk off is is uh, we want to give our best to uh, Justin's family who's going through a couple of things right now, and hopefully he can make it back tomorrow. Uh, I'll get more of an update on that as the day goes on, and uh, you know, as as as, uh, as the day goes on, um, Indiana, Florida State is the main thing I'm going to be watching, um, and I got a honey do list. I got a knockout. We're going to. Uh, <laughs> So I got to get that knocked out before the before the game starts. But um, Thursday, tomorrow, Rams, Patriots, and we'll start looking at the betting lines. We didn't get a chance to get into that today. We'll start looking at the betting lines because there's some – I've got five that are circled that I find very, very intriguing. We'll do that first thing in the morning tomorrow. All right, brother, uh, great job. We will see you Sunday morning for the uh, uh, Pick'em Show.
Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can bet I'm going to get you.